Good morning and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, March 10, 2020. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and we are on page 96. The first paragraph, starting with Do Not Be Discouraged, unpacking that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Pete B., Allison L., Nancy P., on the 12 Steps, Tamara C., and the 12 Traditions, Mara Z. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, March 9th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 14,229. That's 14229. For the 10 a.m. meeting, was 14,230. That's 14230. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence, and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Tamara C. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Tamara. Good morning, Tamara C. in Charleston, South Carolina, compulsive overeater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the, the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Tamara. I will now ask for Mara Z to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Mara. Thank you, Amy. Mara Z, gratefully recovering compulsive overeater. 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon all unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, the love and God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service in my path. Thank you so much, Marzi. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And if you can avoid uh, speaking on a speakerphone, that would also help with the audio. Today we resume our study in the big book. We are on page 96 on that very first paragraph. I will now ask for Pete B to begin reading. Go ahead, Pete, and get us started. Thank you, Amy. Uh, can you hear me okay? 
I can hear you well. Thank you. Great. TB compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy in Pennsylvania. Uh, do not be discouraged if your prospect does not respond at once. Search out another alcoholic and try again. You are sure to find someone desperate enough to accept with eagerness what you offer. We find it a waste of time to keep chasing a man who cannot or will not work with you. If you leave such a person alone, he may soon become convinced that he cannot recover by himself. To spend too much time on any one situation is to desire some other alcoholic an opportunity to live and be happy. Once our fellowship failed entirely with its first half dozen prospects, he often says if he had continued to work with them, he might have deprived many others who have since recovered of their chance. That's a that's a um, interesting paragraph to you know to me, and um, it really you know I I would say one of our one of our fellowship failed entirely in his first half dozen prospects, right? My my position is it was we failed with all our prospects, right? Because our we may be successful in carrying this message, but we are not responsible for anyone's recovery. The only the only the only responsibility I, I have is for my recovery. You know, it's it, it's funny. You know, you, you could you could look at all of these individual paragraphs that we read, and you can you can uh, take them out of context, and you can come up with all kinds of different meanings. And it's interesting in working with others how we hear you know you know on the line people talk about there's all different different ways to work the program, a program. There's all different kinds of ways to work my program. There's only one way to work the 12-step recovery program, the program that's outlined in this book. And it's interesting that the book is laid out in a manner that really appeals to the, to, to the, the person suffering with the condition. It starts off with a, with, a, with a medical assessment of the condition. And the medical assessment of the condition indicates that there is no hope for the chronic, for the chronic a compulsive overeater, and that no human power will, will will help a compulsive overeater, and then and then it continues to talk about the differences between a moderate eater and a hard eater, and it helps it helps you identify for yourself what you suffer from, and if you can come to the conclusion after reading those, that information and discussing that information with somebody else, you've come to the conclusion that you are beyond human aid. And the, and the process for recovery starts with turning, coming to that conclusion and turning our life and will over care of God as we understand God and we work through these, these 12 steps sequentially in a timely fashion. You know, we get all hung up on, you know, is it, the, is it the, the, the pace or is it the process, right? The pace, when you finish the first step, you do the second step. When you finish the third step, you do the, the the fourth step, and so on, and so on, and so on. It's sequential in nature. It's like that way for a reason. Just like this conversation that we're having with the prospect is. And if somebody doesn't log on, we have to remember, right? It's not my conversation with them that's going to make them willing. It's not the fellowship that's going to attract them into this wonderful world of unicorns and rainbows that's going to make them willing. Right? It's the desperation caused by the constant defeat that we face by consuming these substances that we are allergic to. 
You know, we have to remember that, you know, there's no human power. Like, I, I like to think of my work with others, my working with others, just like Bill Wilson thought about his work with others when he was in the Mayflower Hotel in Akron. He realized that he was on the verge of taking a drink. And out of sheer desperation, he sought somebody out not to help that person, but to help himself. And that is the, that is the tool that we focus on. I, I have... You know, many people that I have worked with, some I've fallen short, some I've done well with, all different experiences. And what I found is I'm only responsible for the effort. I'm armed with the facts about this disease and the facts about myself. I've constantly, through working this program, sought direction and inspiration and guidance from the God of my understanding. I've connected with fellows. I've gained some experience. And it's now my opportunity because it says my experience may be the only thing that I can pass on. And if I now have the opportunity to utilize what I've experienced to maybe helpful to some other human being. And the important thing is here is that we don't keep chasing somebody. Food will always send somebody back into the rooms if they have this condition as outlined in the book. That should be close to three minutes, I think. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Pete. Okay, so who would like to share on what was read? Uh, if you haven't shared in a couple of days, we'd certainly love to hear from you. Katie G from Boston. Nancy P. Blue L. Chris P. S. Blue L. Chris S. Melissa, I heard you. Was it Nancy P? Or Nancy T. I always get y'all mixed up. P is in pony. One trick. Got it. Thought so. Oh, I had it right. All right. I have Katie G, Nancy P, Duel, Chris S, Melissa C. Anybody else? Harlan G. Harlan. Awesome. All right. That rounds us off to a great group. Okay. Katie G, Nancy P, Duell, Chris S, Melissa C, Harlan G. Katie G, you are up. Please go ahead. Good morning, Amy G. Thanks for your service. Katie G, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. You know, a couple things that we've been discussing recently, um, humility, seeing myself as I really am. Um, you know, and how long do I work with a sponsee? Well, I think it's pretty clear right here. You know, I don't fight my own disease, and I can't fight yours. And a lot of times I get concerned because I hear people saying, you know, I keep calling my sponsee. I keep calling her. I'm not going to drop her. I'm not going to drop her. I'm going to love her until she can love herself. You know, this is really clearly telling me that not only am I, you know, depriving that person, right, of their own bottom. And what does humility mean? It, it means that I don't got it. Like, I can show you the book. I can, I can, um, I can teach you the book. I can teach you my experience with the book, what, what has happened to me. And then you got to do it. Like, I can't do it for you. I can't give you willingness. I can't give you desperation. You got to do it. And if you're not going to do it, not only am I depriving you of your bottom, I'm depriving others. I want you to stop and, and think about the number of women and men that call you and that say, I can't find a sponsor. There are 6,000 people on this phone list. Why can't you find a sponsor? I wonder, out of the sponsees that you're working with, how many of us as sponsees are desperate enough to accept with eagerness, which is impatient, enthusiastic de desire, 
impatient, enthusiastic desire. Help me. Tell me what to do. I can't convince you, but the food is going to. So, you know, am I part of this solution saying, you know what, like, you know, love you, hate the disease, you keep eating. I'm sorry, our behaviors have consequences. Call me when you're, when you're ready. Like, I, I, you're clearly not hearing something from me. So maybe a different sponsor is going to help you. Maybe a different teacher. Like, I, I don't need to be your sponsor. I care more about you finding recovery. And I'm not doing anyone any favors by saying I never fire anyone. I don't fire anyone either, but if they keep eating, I got nothing for you. Because thank God today for these 24 hours, I'm recovered by God's grace and mercy. I have impatient, enthusiastic desire to what? Connect to God. And how do I do that? By staying entirely abstinent and working these 12 steps. So, you know, do I have the humility to say, I can't help you. Let me find somebody else. You know, I, I, I spent a long time a couple months ago, giving out my number over and over again. I spent hours talking to women, and a lot of women didn't call me back. And that's okay, you know, because what happened? Thank God I stayed abstinent. Thank you, God. You know, I continued to show up, and, and God willing, they'll find their place too. I don't mean to be, you know, unkind. You know, and as a, I'll just wrap up with this. As a recovered woman today, do I remember that I need to accept with eagerness, impatient, enthusiastic desire, anything that God has to teach me today? With that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Nancy P., you're up. Hi, thanks for letting me share. Nancy P. from West Newton, Massachusetts. So um, I'm never discouraged because I just move on, you know. I don't, I mean this is going to sound callous. I care on a level, but I don't care if they don't, you know, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't affect me. My sobriety, my, um, my ability to stay away from foods that are going to hurt me or not to hurt myself with foods are not affected by what other people do. I finally got that, you know, through doing these steps. Like I'm not, a, I, other people's opinions and actions don't own me anymore the way that they used to. And, you know, it says earlier in the book that we're, we're, you know, we're overly sensitive, you know, we're fragile, you know, we, you know, we, um, sensitiveness is what they, the word that they use is not commonly used. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't let that, I don't, I don't linger there, you know, if not, if not this one, then the next one for this exact reason, um, you know, I mean, I don't like to think of myself as depriving other compulsive overeaters of their chance to recover, you know, like I'm the one, but it doesn't, what other people choose to do um, is their own business. And, you know, I always call myself Nancy the one trick pony because I only have one message and I don't, you know, I've learned through experience and through the guidance of my wonderful sponsor that I don't negotiate, you know, if you don't like what I was selling, there's another booth right down the street and you can go there no hard feelings. And, um, you know, I just don't, I don't linger there because I know that as long as I keep pedaling my bike, that's what counts. As long as I'm, you know, powering my own, um, you know, giving myself the fuel that I need to take on another day. And, you know, sometimes I have to say that when I got a call, a text the other day that said, one of my sponsors said, she's not ready to give up the food. Thank you for your time. I was like, good luck, you know? Um, 
and I and I said a little prayer that someday she will be ready to give up the food. She won't be my sponsee when she come if she comes back. But you know, I have no hard feelings. Um, and um, I, you know, it's because it's not about me in that sense. So it's sort of like a double-edged sword. I'm I'm doing it for myself, and other people are helped along the way. I'm thrilled. But um, for the most part. I, I do it for myself. And one other thing that I would say is, you know, when I get impatient with sponsees or when I don't really like them, I, I talk to somebody and they, they, I said, how long do you stay with them? And she said, well, just do what the book says as usual. Like that was a mystery. Do what the book says. After several um, discussions, you know, to d- determine, you know, where they are. And, and, and at, at that point, you know, um, then I might, say that it's time for them to find another sponsor that can help them that better than I can. But for the most part, I'm pretty happy with, with this, that I don't, I don't linger. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nancy P. To Al, your turn. Please go ahead. Good morning. This is Duel, Recover Compulsive Overeater. Thank you so much. Um, wow. I concur with Nancy P. 100% because I, I feel that my approach is kind of like hers, you know, where we don't enable people in program. Um, and and that's what it says. If you find someone desperate enough to accept what, with eagerness what we have to offer, they need to be desperate. They need to want to do this work, right? Um, and people that do not want to do this work, they have the option, right? They have so many options. They could go back into the food. They could find somebody else. Um, I am the person that, you know, I, I don't fire people because it's not going to take them long enough to, if I'm sponsoring the right way, um, meaning that I'm not spending too much time on one situation, I'm not enabling them, I'm putting the responsibility on them. And one of the things that I, I tell them in the beginning is I'm going to go through step one with you. And you're going to identify those key food ingredients that are killing you. And at that point, you have a responsibility to tell me if you want to continue with the program or recovery or if you want to continue binging. And that's your choice, right? I'm not going to make that choice for you, but you're going to tell me. And then if you want to go through the program, I will take you through the program. I will give you the best of me, but I will not be your mommy. I will not take care of you. I will not tell you when to eat, how to eat, or, or, or what to eat. But I will tell you when you're getting closer to those key food ingredients that you committed yourself not to have. And if you're able to follow that directive, then we could work together, right? But the thing is, if you want to go back to the food, if you think of going back to the food, if you're having difficulty in going back to the food, then you need to be honest, right? Because you don't want to waste my time uh, being a sponsor that could be helping somebody else. You don't want to be a waste to yourself spending time here knowing that you don't want to recover and you don't want to be accountable to having somebody else that needs this and desperately wants to get this and taking up their time. So I put the responses back on the sponsee to to take responsibility for their recovery. And that's their responsibility. That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is just to carry the message, pass on the message, and if you want it, I can be helpful. I can do everything that I can. But if you don't want this, then you need to know that for yourself, right? And when you do know that for yourself, then you could allow either time 
to recover or time to go back into the food. And that's your, 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 your dilemma. But, you know, again, it says there's plenty of people out there that are eager enough to get this. And that's my job, just to find those people. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Stu. L. Chris S., you're up. Please go ahead. Thank you. Hi, I'm Chris S. I'm an anorexic and uh, grateful to be listening to everybody. And I wanted to share because I my situation last night with a new person calling me, um, I stayed on the phone too long. I, I wasn't looking at my own boundaries and uh, my schedule, my health issues, and the time that it takes for me to take care of myself. And instead, I acquiesced and um, kind of went more with what they wanted, which wasn't really fitting for me and, 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 and right. And, you know, I, I just have to admit, I need help as I do this. I need my sponsor and other fellows and run by scenarios by them and let them help me um, kind of discern my boundaries and what's right for me. And, um, yeah, so I just need to know that there's ego here and for me, and I need to get help in the sponsoring that I offer um, because one of my pitfalls is this, is where I'm not um, then taking care of myself the way I need to do in order to get to work today, the next day and take care of myself and all that. Um, so it's, a, it's a not easy, and I need to admit just like all of the things, including food, I'm really powerless over passing on the message and I really can't do it on my own um, and certainly looking at my own boundaries and my own uh, what's right for me and healthy for me is a great guidance for doing the work in the way that I would like to do it so thank you for letting me share okay. thank you so much Chris F. Melissa C you're up please go ahead Hi, good morning, Amy. Thank you so much for your service this morning. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm in New York. Um, you know, so I'm told, like, not to be discouraged if the prospect doesn't respond at once, um, if they're not desperate, right? And so um, so then I have to look at, then, what keeps me what keeps me encouraged then, you know? And for me, it's my own recovery and the power of God that has entered my life, Right? I'm not dependent on others to keep me sold on this way of life. What keeps me encouraged um, is the actual act of carrying the message, like, and not the results. And um, for me, it's like, you know, I work with kids, right? And when they finger paint, they really don't care if it comes out looking great. They actually like putting their fingers in the paint. And what turned out for me is I actually like working with others. I love the conversations, I feel passionate about these set of directions because they have, you know, created a miracle of healing in my life. And and I don't waste too much time wondering if I'm good at it or not. Just like the kids in my class, when I've given them Play-Doh, they don't wonder if they're really good at making something. They just enjoy it. And that's how carrying the message is for me, you know. And there's there's a few other things that grab me. One is like, desperation right people have to be desperate and desperate is like out of ideas and I can't create desperation you know I can't look at someone and say of course they're desperate you know um because I've done that and guess what they're not you know and the other thing um 
that grabs me is the line that says, like, you know, to work on someone, right, that um, if we continue to work on them. And, um, no, we don't work on someone, right? I'm not... I'm not a surgeon and I'm not a magician or God, but like rather we work with them. So if they're not working, then there's not much I can do outside of being friendly because I am told that over and over and over again. And it's clearly crucial to our work. So to me, the definition of friendly doesn't mean I freeze people out. Um, if, If they are powerless to the desire for the food then my um, rejection of them is not going to be a catalyst for change. You know, I don't keep calling and change, chasing them, but um, I don't hang up on people when they call me, and I don't tell them not to call me again. And for me, a requirement for my friendship is not abstinence, you know, although it is a requirement for doing the work. And, you know, my experience was that what sold me on this was people that lived free from the food and did it in a way that was calm and beautiful and not relying on anything material for their recovery. That drew me in, and that's what I have to offer. Thanks, but that I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Harlan G., you're up. Please go ahead. Thank you very much, Amy, and thanks to Team Tuesday for making this magnificent meeting possible. The bottom of page 9 in Bill's story the very last sentence of the page, it says he, he referring to Ebby Thatcher, he had come to pass his experience along to me, dash, new thought, top of 10, if I cared to have it. So even Ebby, from the Oxford group, with no AA experience at all, was told in the Oxford group that you give testimony to what God had done for you if the person cared to hear it and to have it. There is something in the ego of my self, that's a bad sentence, there's something in my ego, that's better, there's something in my ego that says, I'm going to fix this or I'm going to take care of this myself. And this chapter, this sponsorship experience and the experience that precedes this of being sponsored, and I still am, I have a sponsor, I call my sponsor every day, um, tells me I can handle this. But there's one thing I know I can't handle. I can't handle what you're going to do. I can't govern what you do. A very famous football coach who was from Chicago, he said, what you're doing is screaming so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. My eyes are better convincers than my ears. I want to see what you're going to do. And what I have a tendency to do is I will match, mirror, and reflect. I will match your intensity. I will mirror back your attitude and reflect back to you your behavior. And when I do that, what happens is the harder you work at this, the harder I'm going to roll up my sleeves and work with you. I've had hundreds of people call me through the year and say, so-and-so is eating, what am I going to do? And I point them to this page and I say, if so-and-so wants to eat, you get out of their way. 
because there is nothing known to man that you're going to do that is going to stop them. As was said before this morning, if you want to eat, there's nothing we can do, but the food is the only convincer. The pain of eating, the torture, the horror, the disgrace, the degradation, the pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization at the hands of this disease is the only thing that ever convinced me. Food was my friend, my lover, my respite in the storm. It was my, my sanctuary. It was the only thing that could make me feel good. Now you want me to give it up? Only the pain that I suffer from eating it after it turns on me is going to convince me to do so. And no human being is going to pry that out of my hands. And when that happens, when I am at a bottom, now, now you've got my attention. And with that, I will pass. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan. Okay, so who else would like to share on what was read? We're on page 96, that first paragraph, focusing on that one paragraph only. Allison L. Gordon L. I heard Allison L. That's all I got. Allison Okay, try again. Allie G. Gordon all right, so we've got Allison L, Allie G, or somebody else. Maureen H. Vasa O. H. Vasa O. I think Rick I'm J. Somebody. Elena C. Elena, Elena C. Elena C. Vasa O. Was it Rick? Yes. Was it Rick J? Rick? Uh, yes, Rick J. Rick J. Okay, so I have Allison L, Allie G, Lauren H, Vasa O, Elena C, Rick J. There was one person I think kept trying to get in there that I missed. Who is that, please? Jordan L. Jordan. There we go. Jordan L. Okay, thank you, everyone, for being so polite and patient with me. I've got Allison G, Allie G, Lauren H, Vasa O, Elena C, Rick J, Jordan L. Allison, please go ahead. Thank you. This is Allison L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. Um, this, um, this healthy OA meeting that we're on right now is such a treasury of fellows to work with, um, which helps me when I have people that don't want to work with me anymore. Um, I know that I can find you know, someone new that's eager to begin working the steps again. And so this helps me, you know, not to cling or chase those who are not so eager or willing. Um, and it can be discouraging for me to work with several people and, and not have any of them go, you know, all the way through the steps or to, you know, get to recovery while I'm working with them. And, and I do my spiritual work on this. I do my 10 steps around this. Um, I, my ego tells me that if I were better, they would recover. Um, and the fear and lies um, they're, they only hinder my being useful. Um, the truth that's revealed over and over again to me in this work is, that I do um, is that I'm not in charge of outcomes or results. I can rest easy knowing that my recovery is not dependent on any kind of grade or percentage of success rates. I mean, um, it's, I, I'm just being of maximum usefulness to God and those around me. And I have to accept that sometimes I just get to play a small piece in someone's recovery. I'm just a thread in, in the big tapestry. I'm not the weaver of it. I only see a small portion and I have to trust the higher power um, 
you know, with the big picture. So I show up for my sponsees. I'm ready to share my experience and the instructions in the big book. And it's that simple. Um, the sponsee and I, we're not under any kind of formal contract that we have to see this thing through to the end of time. Um, if anything, it's, it's more of a sacred contract that, that we're merely participating in until it runs its course. And it's God's course, not my course. Um, so with each person I work with, I, I pray each time we talk, um, you know, God, show me how I can be most helpful to this person. And sometimes the response is that to be most helpful, I need to leave them alone alone. I need to stop hindering the experiences they need to have um, so that they can either get to a point of desperation or maybe there's a new teacher that they need to learn from. So when that, you know, that happens, I'm always available for outreach. I don't cut anyone off. I lovingly release them to God's care and they know how to get a hold of me. I welcome them to, to reach me um, for outreach friendship. Um, so, and I think of the wonderful sponsors I've gotten to work with, and they've each helped, helped to guide me to God and to recovery. And if they had not released others before me, I would not have had um, my needed experiences. So uh, all this just to say that, that God is truly running the show, and I just need to remember that at all times. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Allison L. Allie G., you're up. Please go ahead. Hey guys, good morning. This is Allie G. I'm recovered in Ohio and um, really appreciate the share today and I love this paragraph. And just as kind of everybody's been sharing and I've been sitting with this paragraph, um, it's really kind of hit me in my heart that as long as I stay connected to my first step, I don't really struggle with anyone else's. And what I mean by that is, for example, um, I think it's in there as a solution where it talks about how the most powerful desire to stop is of absolutely no avail. And so while having a desire um, to not compulsively overeat anymore is certainly a requirement, the only requirement um, of being a part of the fellowship and going to meetings, it's not enough for me to recover. And what I have to do to recover is actually, and this is just my experience, um, I have to surrender and that's a really confusing thing for somebody like me who wants to have control so bad. And I don't mean because I don't want to surrender. It's because I want to make myself surrender. And just like someone else shared, um, I guess a couple shares ago, surrender isn't something that I get to control. There's a guy, Dr. Harry Tebow, who's a friend of Alcoholics Anonymous, who wrote a paper about the act of surrender. And essentially what he says is it's an unconscious event. So it's something that happens to me. Um, because of the circumstances around me. And if I remember that as I'm working with somebody else uh, or trying to work with somebody else who just can't quite put the food down even though they really, really want to, like I'm not threatened by that. That doesn't concern me because it just means that it hasn't happened yet. But as a sponsor, even as a friend um, who's required to tell the truth, I would say to anybody that I care about, I would say that how do I say this? Just putting it out there that I understand that they cannot stop. I totally understand because I've been there too and I've wanted to stop. And there have been times when people have said to me like, Allie, are you done? And I would say, yes, I'm done. And if I took a lie detector test, it would have shown that, yes, I'm done. And then I ate again or I threw up again or whatever. So on the opposite side of this as a sponsor, as a friend, I have a requirement to tell somebody um, 
what you're doing isn't recovery. So I'm not participating in the illusion that they're in recovery when, when they're not. And I think that that's really important in even helping somebody through the surrender process. Because if, if we're lying to somebody, if we're participating in this illusion that everything's okay when it's very much not, they may struggle to surrender and tell themselves the truth and then reach out for a power greater than themselves. Thanks. Thank you so much. All right, Allie G, thank you. And Maureen H, you're up. Please go ahead. I thought it was Maureen. I kept saying Lauren, but I think it was Maureen H. Yes, yes thank you. All right. Recover compulsive behavior in South Florida. Um, thank you for letting me share. I really been loving the shares, especially with working with others because of the position it gives me to really reflect on my experience, um, both as a sponsee and as a sponsor over the years. And uh, I can tell you right now, my current relationship with uh, my sponsee is unlike any other. And I can only attribute to the fact that I'm in a fully recovered state. And um, I let God just guide it in a way that just feels so natural because for so long my ego was involved and I would chase people. I'd want it more than them. And I I think it was a reflection of the recovery I wanted in my life. And um, that fear that drove me still, this fear if I don't do it right, if I don't do it this way, if I don't do it that way, it's not going to work. And so that fear and control was such a part of my program that um, it permeated into my my relationships with sponsees in the past. Um, but like the ease of this paragraph, it's just saying, hey, if he doesn't want to work with you, don't chase him. You know, it's such a beautiful, relaxed, easy um, position to take. And it's a real reflection on how I see my relationship with my higher power. You know, it's my job to chase my spirituality. It's when I got recovered, I chased it. I, I was ready and I was clawing my way to do whatever I needed to do. And it's funny because someone asked me, like, what did you finally do that got you recovered? I'm like, uh, independent step study. Like, it wasn't my sponsor, not, you know, I love her to death and she's amazing. But I feel like it was me fighting for my own recovery that got me to this place of, um, you know, recovered state, you know, of course, God in my driver's seat, of course, and putting the right people in my life. But that push came from within and I can't give that to someone. And if they're, if they don't have it, then that's where, you know, that's just where we're at. And part of the honesty that I try to invoke in my my program in a daily way and invoke, you know, get my sponsees to build a foundation on honesty since that is the principle behind step one, that honesty is, am I going far enough? Am I making spiritual progress? Am I staying on the edge of my recovery? Am I doing what I need to do to stay safe and connected and in this beautiful relationship with my higher power? Um, there's always room to grow and, that's what doing the work of the steps for me today is all about. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you. Perfect timing. Okay. Vasa, oh, you're up. 
Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Florida. Thank you, Amy, for your service and working with others. Um, I am just so grateful that <clears throat> my sponsor, my Abby, she was a friend of mine, brought me to the program and the 12 steps and worked with me. And <clears throat> I remember I had the gift of desperation when I came to the programs, and she told me that was a good thing. And I said, how could that be a good thing when I have to go through all the torture, putting my friend's food down and my binge foods that I loved and, and I indulged over the years? I didn't see it as a gift. I saw that as a punishment. But anyways, it really was a gift. It is a gift because... Uh, because of my pain and because of my suffering, I was ready and willing to surrender to a power greater than myself, a higher power greater than myself, which I call God today, and the program and the 12 steps. And I, you know, the, it's learning as we go along through the steps and practicing. And, you know, I didn't do a very good job being a sponsor at the beginning because I was, I was one of those people chasing people uh, to come to the program and um, and convince them, you know. Well, I couldn't convince them, you know. They need to convince themselves, you know, what the food was doing, you know, the struggles they had and what they needed to do to put it down. And I was, I was ready and willing to work the 12 steps, but it took me a while, you know. Or some of them would drop me because I was too aggressive. Oh, come on to the, come on to the meeting. I'll meet you there. We'll go for coffee or something. And it, gradually I had to leave those people alone. I couldn't do it for them. Like my sponsor couldn't do it for me. I needed to take responsibility for myself and, and, you know, when people are not ready, just drop them. Well, I, I never drop them, or I just say, well, maybe if it's, so, if it's not working what you're doing, try to find somebody else. I try not to be mean to tell people, well, I'm dropping you. I didn't, you know, I was such a people pleaser in those days, but my, I'm much tougher today. So it's uh, it, it free, it free the work. It works. Uh, if it doesn't, and it doesn't. And I'm willing, and that's why I'm hanging around with you all the time. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Okay, Elena C., please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me? I hear you well, Elena. Okay, so it is so good to listen to the share and to the paragraphs and to the this chapter. And I just feel like this chapter should have been entitled for codependence. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I just a reminder how it is not helping when I become people's higher power. It's not helping me. It's not helping them either. And that's an illusion. And the illusion that there's one more thing I can do to help others, okay? And, you know, I just have to, like, pause and kind of think about it and stay with it. Is this really? Is this really for me to do? Is this really for me to do? Um, 
and I think it it just starts from the need to be recognized by others because, you know, in this condition, um, one of my condition is that I need you to tell me that I'm I'm wonderful, right? Um, because I can't give that to myself, and uh, when I do too much, it really means that I am not I am not in uh, a good you know, place in terms of my confidence of the way I feel about myself. Um, And doing too much for others actually impedes their recovery. And, but it also shies me away from my higher power and my spiritual health. I mean, I can see, see, see this over and over and over again, you know, so, and I just want to, so it, this chapter is a reminder to stay in the balance of the universe, in the equilibrium of the universe, respect boundaries, other people's spaces, care for myself good enough to stay on my side of the street. My side of the street is a give and take, you know, it doesn't say give, 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 give when other people don't take because when I do that, it, I'm totally in my condition of fixing, and I become people's higher power. And, and in, it's hurting me. It is hurting me instead. Um, so it's so good to be here with that. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Elena. Rick J., it's your turn. Please go ahead. This is Rick J. I am a compulsive overeater recovered but not cured I um, was just thinking back on my own personal journey uh, with receiving the message from others Um, it's taken me over 20 years to get five months of abstinence and the fact that I have five months of abstinence is mainly due to two people that I have in my life that I've met who have carried me a message of uh, hope and recovery in such a way that I truly saw my disease in in a way that was illuminating and I wanted what they had, you know, and, you know, if you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. But the trick is, you know, I have to do them. Um, I, I, been ready I was willing to do anything and at some point in time I I stopped you know and that was not on them that was on me um and I love you know when I hear um other people share that um I am responsible for the effort I'm not uh, responsible for the result and what I'm doing now is to try um to carry the message to others to the best of my ability you know, with love and tolerance being my code, you know, I mean, these are people that like me, um, if they're as sick as I was, it may take them a while, but people were so loving with me. And there was a point in time where they, they knew that I was in the food. I was, you know, my disease was there, but that didn't stop them from working with others. And, and I knew that I knew that just because I relapsed didn't mean they were going to. They were out there working their program. They were in recovery. And that's what I want for myself. I talked to a gentleman last night who I had worked with before, and uh, we're going to start working together again. 
you know, it's a beautiful thing. I, I'm not responsible for the outcome of that. All I'm responsible for is to be there and to carry this message to the best of my ability with love and tolerance, just like was done for me. Um, so I'm very grateful for my abstinence and my recovery, but I'm willing to go to any length today to keep it. So I'm going to do whatever I have to do to stay abstinent, but I'll never forget how long it's taken me to truly get this. And I have to remember that for others. Who am I to judge someone else? But I am not going to get bogged down with someone who is no longer working it or no longer wants it or is no longer willing to go to any length to get it. But it's still going to be a relationship in love and tolerance. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Rick J. Jordan L., you're up. Please go ahead. Jordan? Good morning. Welcome, My name Jordan. is Jordan L. Can you hear me oh, okay? There you are. Sorry. I can yeah. hear you now. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you for continuing to listen for my name. <laughs> um, my name is Jordan L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. Um, And this is, um, I love this paragraph. There's a good joke about mixing this paragraph up uh, with, uh, or this page up with page 69. If you go and look at what is on page 69 compared to what's on this page, it's pretty funny. Um, But anyway, I I love this paragraph um, because it it takes the pressure off. Um, and when I say that, I'm not really talking about as a sponsor, I'm talking about more as a sponsee. Um, I was, um, I am the type of compulsive overeater that as the actor, I leaned more towards mean and egotistical than I did um, uh, uh, generous or sweet to try to get my way, right? Um, the way I got my way was in um, very aggressive, dominating behaviors. Um, that is, that's, that's my, my, those are my shortcomings, right? Um, <clears throat> so when I get in here, it was, um, <laughs> it was really hard for me to be a sponsee <laughs> um, because I am, uh, I, the way that I've survived up until this point is by um, those behaviors, is by being um, like dominating and overly aggressive. And that's, that's how I've like made my way through this world, right? Um, so it was, it was very counterintuitive for me to just like sit back, relax, and um, listen to a sponsor. Um, and I wanna say, I like, I, I didn't find this to be like, helpful and I don't really want to admit this, but I'm going to because I was I was telling my story the other day and someone asked me about it and she was a sponsor. She wasn't a sponsee, right? Um uh, I got dropped twice <laughs> going through the steps <laughs> um by uh awesome sponsors. Um and the fact of the matter is like I'm still here, you know? Um I'm still here. I'm abstinent today. I have been for several years now. And like, it's all good. You know, like whatever experience I'm having, 
I'm supposed to be having it, even if I don't like it very much, you know? Um, And the other thing I was thinking about is we put, like, a lot of pressure on ourselves as sponsors. Um, And I look back, I'll wrap up because I can hear my time's up. I look back at at getting recovered, and um, uh, one of the most helpful people to me was not my sponsor. It was just, like, a fellow who was recovered, and she was just willing to, like, call me and talk to me on the phone for like hours at a time. And she listened to me while I argued with what it was that my sponsor was telling me to do and all this stuff. Um, she just like hung in there with me. Um, so anyway, that's all I got. Awesome. Thank you, Jordan. Perfect timing, everyone. On that note, we're going to wrap up our meeting. I want to thank everyone who shared. Please join us for another awesome second unrecorded hour of study immediately following. The share ID for today's meeting, Tuesday, March 10th, 2020, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. The share ID is 14,235. That's 14235. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity, the Serenity Prayer. If Allison L., could you please read A Vision for You? I'm happy to. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you, don't, you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.